Hello and welcome to this podcast brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. In this episode of Metals Movers, we'll talk about recycling of e-waste. My name is Christina Belda. I am Associate Editor at Argus Media and I'm joined today by Julianne Adams. She's the CEO of the European Electronics Recycle Association, the voice of e-waste, of waste electrical and electronic equipment recovery facilities in Europe with more than 40 members and thousands of plants and treatment facilities. Hello, Julianne. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, hello. Yes, and thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> so to start with, uh, I'd like to ask you, um, how are we doing in Europe in terms of recovery of e-waste? Um, Europe ranks first for the most e-waste generated with uh, um, 16.2 kilograms per capita, but there are big disparities between countries. Um, yes, I mean, Europe is doing really well on a global basis um, because we have quite good infrastructure um, and awareness, consumer awareness in place. Um, but there are big differences right across Europe. And, you know, our, our point of view is, is that every citizen has an equal right to the same compliant collection system, the same compliant treatment um, system. But it is really varied between countries as to how that has been implemented. And part of that issue is that the WE directive, one WE directive, has basically 27 different versions. Um, and so, you know, there's a big disparity, uh, as you said, between the countries in terms of how things are collected, how available collection sites are. And it should be equal whether you're in a rural area or you're in a big city, it should be exactly, your accessibility should be exactly the same. So things do need to be improved. But certainly since I've been in the industry, which is about 22 years now, um, things have improved. And so we're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, especially as Europe, it's moving towards a circular economy by 2050. And there are some, the Green Deal and, and other uh, plans in place for energy transition. What are the more urgent points that uh, we need to address to achieve that circular economy? Um, yes, that's a really good question. So secondary raw materials, which are the materials that um, a recycler ends up with once they have dismantled um, a product, um, should be made a primary source and not a sort of secondary thought. So secondary raw materials, for example, aluminium, copper, plastics, um, these things are actually happening and, and are being processed. But generally speaking, if manufacturers can... Um, purchase those particular materials elsewhere for a cheaper price, then that's what they will do. Secondary raw materials, however, are a huge benefit to the environment. They've got a lower um, carbon footprint, they use less water, they use less energy. So our view is, is that secondary raw materials should be the new primary and primary should only be used, for example, through mining or, or, or oil refinery, only be used if um, as a secondary one when there aren't enough secondary raw materials and, and we fully acknowledge that there aren't enough secondary materials to really you know support the manufacturing industry on this huge voracious you know sort of train that we're on building more and more electronics um, but you know the, all of these materials are out there and if there was a bigger market then there would be better recycling achievements. Mm -hmm. Do you see that mindset in the industry that we are able, we will be able to to have a, a market of secondary materials that will really help us to to achieve the transition. 
like the urban mining and do, do you see yes. that yeah yes i mean i i think there's there's certainly you know i mean our members collected over 2.2 million tons um in 2022 which is about 50 percent of everything in europe um and so the materials are definitely there there's a very high recycling achievement of um refrigerators and white goods and small appliances and IT. So, you know, anywhere between sort of 70 to 90 percent, um, you know, can be achieved. So those materials are available. And I think what's coming and, and we're certainly you know, sort of working, you know, with OEMs on this, but what's coming mm -hmm. is um, environmental, social and governance requirements. So manufacturers will have to start working with companies who have a better environmental or social um, um, and corporate governance policy and are able to work with them in terms of showing them what their carbon footprint is um, and so on. So ESG um, is actually going to hopefully help drive that that greater need for secondary raw materials and recycled content, the use of recycled content. And which role plays the, the product design of the electronics? Absolutely. So product design is key here. So, you know, there are a lot of regulations regarding um, coming in, you know, eco design and so forth. Um, and, you know, um, product designers need to start considering what actually happens at the end of life rather than what they think happens. So, for example, um, this week we actually, um, an ERA member, um, our president, Kurt from KMK in Ireland, hosted a visit by an OEM um, to their facility. And, you know, I think they were really impressed with the number of steps that were taken to get to the end product, which was the plastics and the metal. Um, and also just so they could see the volumes. So we're not talking about nice, clean little boxes coming in. We're talking about, you know, containers with 20 tonnes or um, with, you know, 40 um, cages with, with mixed appliances in. And there might be four or five or more um, of these coming in to a site on every day. So the volumes are enormous. And, you know, and, and I think understanding how how different it would mean to have um, a product that the battery can be removed much easier, that any hazardous components can be separated much easier. Um, the plastics to have a single polymer, you know, often a product could have four or five um, polymers that are all glued together. That glue also makes a problem in terms of recycling. Um, and the screw sizes or the screw, you know, the, the metals that are used, you know, make them all the same, you know, different yeah. sizes or whatever. But, but all of these things would help improve the end of life. And improvements means that the costs are lower. So the manufacturers will benefit, you know, in the, in the, the fullness of time. So there are, you know, karma, you know, what goes around comes around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's getting most, more difficult, though, because um, we, as you say, we have more and more electronics at home. We have wearables and, and all this new um, mix of, of different uh, devices like fridges with a TV. I'm thinking all, yes. all of these uh, new devices that make things harder. Yes. Yeah, but much harder. And, and, and that's yeah. a really the fridge with the television is a really good example. So, you know, man, a manufacturer has designed this and say so your fridge, you know, you've got a television. It can also email you to tell you you're out of milk and it can connect to your Amazon account and actually buy it for you and your washing machine and so on. Um, and, you know, does that does that fridge go to a fridge recycling plant first? Um, and the, the, the people there have to remove the television or does it go to a television recycling plant first and so on? You know, although it is that there are a few sites, 
you know, mostly a fridge plant does fridges and a TV plant does televisions. So, you know, it's not a consistent one, one, you know, sort of treatment line. And, and so by understanding that, you know, so that a TV component is easier to pop out and put onto a, a pallet and go somewhere else, then that's the kind of design um, issue. Wearables are also an interesting point and actually, you know, something that's not really been discussed or, or, or raised um, is, you know, clothes that have um, batteries inside them so that they're designed to um, tell you what what um, you know um, temperature you are or what chemicals you're breathing in fire firemen for example um, or where you are on a particular site um, you know all of those things so they're mixed with textiles and that that's you know extremely manual process to try and separate the little batteries and the nano cables so it's something which producers need to be aware of and they also need to be aware of that they are obligated because they're placing a product on the market um, that is electronic um, and they're placing a product on the market that contains batteries. So they're, they're sort of governed by those two EPR regulations. Yeah, definitely. Speaking about uh, batteries and critical raw materials that are also vital for energy transition, um, and China dominate um, most of, of these critical um, raw materials. Um, to, what, to which extent can Europe reduce this dependency um, by using more recycling or by pushing recycling? Yes, I mean, I mean, the Critical Raw Materials Act, which is draft at the moment, is, is you know an ideal an ideal route to encourage better recycling um, of electronic products that contain critical materials. Um, and um, ERA was part of a consortium in 2019, um, the Sea Waste Project, that um, actually investigated critical materials in a whole range. Um, and China, of course, very recently banned um, gallium and germanium um, from being exported. And these can be found in PV panels. And obviously these are now coming back in very large volumes um, over the period of time that they've been in use now. Um, and so we need to invest and innovate in, in recycling systems that can recover those. But there needs to be a market. You know, if it's cheaper to still buy those materials from outside of Europe, then, you know, people aren't going to go to a recycler and go, yes, we want to invest in your company, but we don't want to pay as much because, you know, uh, recyclers are uh, private companies or public companies who, you know, have to look at their capital expenditure and what they're likely to get in terms of a return. You know, they're not going to do this, um, you know, without being able to charge somebody or being able to sell the material at the end. So that needs to be supported. ERA have always said that, that you know, um, in the, the next WE review, which we're hoping will be a regulation, that rather than having just flat recycling um, targets, um, that actually there should also be a target for CRM recovery, because that, again, will encourage the recovery and the processes and the investment within Europe. And that's something the two, the two, the we regulation, we hope, and the Critical Material Act, we hope, will nest together like a jigsaw, along with the Green Deal and circular economy. Absolutely. And what do, well, because we're talking about uh, regulation, the, what, what politicians should do, what do consumers can do? How, how do we stimulate consumer action as well to, to be part of this circular economy? Yes, I mean, that's a very hard, hard area to, to work on. Um, and it is actually the obligation and role of the producers. You know, they're supposed to inform, um, you know, their 
customers, um, you know, of the the um, substances within those those products that people are buying, um, and what what is needed to do at the end. You know, I mean, very rarely do people, um, you know, keep manuals for five years that might be in forty seven different languages, and then uh, you know when they go to dispose of it or discard of it, they go, well, let me look it up again. So you know that that information needs to be more accessible, more up to date, and available online. Um, and I know that's what the digital product passport and the QR code. Um, or whatever, however they're going to do it, you know, one of their aspects would be of a benefit to, you know, to to those consumers that to educate them. Um, but again, going back to what I was saying is is that you know all European citizens have an equal right, and so producers need to create the collection systems regardless of how costly it might be, because it's you know a very mountainous re region or it's a very you know um, open country region. You know, it's much easier to collect in cities. But cities have a problem because they're lacking space. You know, um, historically, collection centres are quite small and obviously products are getting bigger and the volumes are growing. So, you know, a lot needs to be done between the producers, the producer schemes and municipalities to try and make it an easier experience for consumers. The other aspect is there should be much more enforcement on illegal actors. You know, so our, our members were responsible for around 50% of the um, e-waste that arose in Europe last year. Um, and so one has to ask, where does the rest of it go? So some of it obviously will go to, to um, companies that are not ERA members. Um, and others will go to illegal actors who are claiming something, a product is fit for reuse or it was never waste, it's used and secondhand and it gets shipped out to these countries where we see these horrific photos. Um, because reuse is actually a really difficult word to define. Um, and so hence, you know, it's very easy to have that grey area for, you know, illegal operators to, to work work through. So, you know, it, I, I've been out and I've seen these sites in China, you know, and it, it's quite pitiful to see. And so consumers need to be more aware of the impact of allowing their products to go to an illegal route. So, yes, that those are the two things, really. Producers need to work with, you know, the other parties to make better collection experiences and provide the information. And the enforcement authorities need to stop illegal um, um, exporters. We all need to play our part. Yes, Thank you. exactly. Yes. <laughs> we're, all, we're all consumers, you know, and so we, we all do need to be um, playing our part. I agree. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Julian Adams, the CEO of the European Electronics Recycle Association. Thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please join our other episodes to learn more about the metals markets. For more information about critical materials, e-waste, recycling and circular economy, please visit argusmedia.com. <laughs>